0: I've already had a few people on the show, but I have to say Clay from the YouTube channel, Clay Tall Stories, has been a very refreshing addition to this podcast. He's a musician, YouTuber, a homesteader, and a survivalist who currently resides here in New Zealand, his home country. We talk about life, surviving in the bush, how to build a successful YouTube channel, and eventually live off your art, among other things. I can tell you, this is one of the realest conversations that I've had this year on the show. This is a talk with a real Kiwi wild man. Homesteader, musician, YouTuber, this is a first for me, everybody. On the other line, welcome to the show, is the owner of a channel on YouTube that I found a few weeks ago, and I've been obsessed 100%, and I've been living my life vicariously through this man's videos. Welcome to the show, Clay of the channel, Clay Tall Stories. How's it going?
1: Yeah, good mate. Good to meet you too, Josh.
0: Wonderful. Now let's just just for a little preface for everybody out there who's listening. I'm speaking with Clay at the moment in his homestead here in New Zealand, the South Island, and he is cooking a pig that he just caught yesterday. He is outdoors at the moment. We had to turn off the cameras just to save on broadband, but this is a first for me, shooting on site on his end at least. Um, Clay, let let's just. Let's, let's start from the beginning, and what were your intentions with the channel that you've created so far? So far as well, I've seen that you have breached the 100,000 mark subscriber count. First off, congratulations. Yeah. And um, how did that come to be?
1: Well, the channel was something that came about. Originally, I was a musician working in Europe, and I came back here, and I was going to keep playing music. But I was hunting, and I had an accident, and I tore my rotator cuff, my shoulder, so I had to stop playing music. So I created a YouTube channel and basically just started off by taking young guys out that didn't have father's hunting. And then one of my subscribers created a Patreon for me and it really grew from there. But it didn't really grow the channel until I started doing something which I've always loved and always done naturally, which is uh, survival uh, techniques with bushcraft and primitive skills, which is something I've done for years. But I only started to apply that to the channel for the last uh, year. Uh, just because I got a bit bored with doing the same content, and strangely enough, that's actually what's propelled the channel far ahead very quickly. It's it's currently uh, growing exponentially. Four four weeks ago, we had hundred thousand, and we're already up to I think one hundred twenty thousand subscribers. So we're getting we're getting around sort of ten thousand subscribers. Actually, we've had twenty thousand subscribers in the last month. I think well, that might be an exaggeration. That might be a tall story. I think it was a uh, it's go it's going a lot faster than it's ever gone before. Just by luck, because I you know, I love this is something that it's natural for me to do and I love doing it, so it's very sustainable.
0: Yeah. Earlier you mentioned that if you find if you find something that you love and you do it for a living, it stops becoming work and it just becomes fun. I do envy people who have found, you know, that thing that that everybody out there is still looking for, myself included. Was it your intention in the beginning to make content or was it just um what, was was it just part of Was it just a natural evolution from your lifestyle?
1: It was a natural evolution. Being a musician, I had I had music first, and I had a lot of music out there on Spotify. Well, actually, it didn't at Spotify. it? Spotify wasn't around. But I think when I started, it was just starting off. I, I started my channel in two thousand and seven, but didn't really make it serious until two thousand and ten. And I was playing music, and the channel was another way to to sell the music and also do something else other than perform live because I had an injury to my arm and it, it progressed naturally and I found that I was not very good at editing and not very good at filming uh, but for some reason people just gravitated to the content I was creating so I stuck with it and to be honest I, I struggled the first few years financially I actually went backwards quite a bit it wasn't until someone created a Patreon that uh, I was able to keep going in fact if that had never happened I put it on the head because it was costing me I just turned this pig over uh, uh, josh if you don't mind mate no Be worries
0: no worries like what i like i've said in the beginning so clay is in the middle of cooking a whole pig at the moment doing a podcast with me <laughs> so it just doesn't get any better than this i guess <laughs> you take your time
1: yeah oh, mate, if you could, if you could, if you'd love it mate if you could smell this, this roast pork it's just i know it smells divine yeah so so it's been it's been a lot of fun and the thing is that Anything that you that you do love, uh, if it becomes your 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 work and your income, then then you are successful regardless of how little or how much money you make because mm. you're basically waking up every day to something that gives you joy and gives people around you joy, and that's sustainable. It, it wouldn't be – I mean, I'm an old guy to be a YouTuber. I'm 59. I'm going to be 60 next year, and there's not many guys my age that are professional YouTubers, but because I just do what I love doing anyway, it makes sense to keep on – switching the camera on and uh, I also feel uh, that I want to leave something behind for a lot of people because I've developed a lot of skills through my life through the life I've lived I've lived a very peculiar life I grew up in the Abel Tasman National Park when I was five when my dad was a ranger I grew up with no children around except my brother my sister and we lived very very basically there was no school there's no power we lived off the land there was no people around for a long way away and Things like fishing lines and boats, you made them yourself. I was making clay pots when I was five years old, just things that you could, from nature around you, I'd make my own rabbit snares and my fish traps and rafts that you could go to sea on and Kentucky rafts. Hmm. And I learned to make fire at a very young age. So these these really um, important survival skills were things that were just natural for me growing up. And then my father then shifted to a different part of the world New Zealand where it's colder and in those alpine places. and that sort of terrain lent itself to quite different, uh, environment of learning different skills. Again, uh, Alpine hunting and the native bush, the rainforest. So there was a, a diversity of things happening on in my childhood, which have come to the channel just recently in the last year. And it's been
0: fun. And how, how long did you have to live that way when you were younger to the point when, you know, you, you moved up to somewhere, uh, uh, i wouldn't go as far as saying civilized or when you, when you had a better living situation how long did you have to do that
1: we lived in the able Tasman, and then we moved to a place called wainui which was put which had farm with some other kids in it and that's where i learned to hunt when i was eight and we started going to a school then so i didn't start going to a school till i was eight and then from there we moved to fieldland when i was 10. so i sort of progressed going from the bush to civilization and eventually we moved to a city uh, when I was, uh, which I hated, when I was about twelve, and I left the city, I left home when I was fifteen, and I lived under, I lived under a bridge in a town called Motoweka. uh When I was fifteen, I lived under that bridge for quite a long time. And at first, I lived down by the mouth of the river, but the council evicted me, and then I moved up under the bridge, and I lived there there for about six months, still using the same skills to survive, still fishing and poaching trout and Uh, eating a lot of wild native plants and that sustaining myself from just what I already knew but that all changed because later on I went on to become a musician and I ended up going to Europe and I was actually very successful over there I I suddenly was in a completely different environment where I was playing to thousands of people mostly in Germany but throughout and I I toured for about uh, 13 years playing 3159 concerts in that thirteen years, and if you do the maths on that, you think about how long it takes to do three thousand one hundred fifty nine concerts. You're basically doing concerts like fifty in a row, back to back, taking a week off, and then doing that again. The the maths on that there's a lot there's a lot of work, and I did that for a lot of years, and then I just gave up uh, because I I was missing New Zealand because New Zealand is the best country in the world, even if you're not from here. And I came back here to 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 raise children, and then. I just went back to uh, doing the normal stuff that we all do, working. I rented a property. that I didn't actually own my own property. I rented a property. And then my YouTube channel blew up quite big, and I started making a living off it. And I ended up buying that that bit of land off my landlord, 10 acres. And the house was so derelict, it had no value at all. So I basically just bought the land. And I'm still on that land today, talking to you right now in the native bush, cooking this pig up.
0: I did the math for you. It's uh, if you take three thousand one hundred and fifty-nine gigs over a span of thirteen years, that would have been two hundred and forty-three gigs in a year. So basically, you've been doing it every day for a decade in three years, basically for that time period. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Sounds about right.
1: <laughs> Uh, it was it was so intense, so much. I got a I got a thing from Guinness. Um, not for the best musician, not for the best singer, not for the best songwriter, not for the best guitarist, but for the most travelled musician <laughs> in, in Europe for, for for that time because I was constantly on the move all the time. Yeah, it was it was a, a profound, a huge amount of work. But the thing is, again, I really loved it, so I would booked myself right up to the hilt, and just loved playing. Um, today I've got chronic sciatic pain. From standing on my left leg and and stomping my right, to the point now <laughs> it it, it keeps me awake most nights. So I, I'm pretty much uh, either taking codeine or or something because that leg I I destroyed my posture by doing those shows. Not realizing when I was young how much damage I'd mm-hmm. done, but um I, I can still get around. I still, I still do my hunting and I can run, but it, it just that nerve has become pinched from so many. Shows at a row. So yes, you do these things when you love them. You don't realize when you're younger physically what damage you might be doing to yourself and uh, but then again I've done a lot of life. <laughs> you've got to love it. Don't you?
0: Yeah, yeah, it seems to me like you've already lived at least four lifetimes in the, year, in the time that you have spent here on earth to be honest, I know very few people who've um, Yeah, who've moved around so much and accumulated so many stories and did so many things in between um so yeah i'm kind of lucky actually that i've actually met you even just online
1: yeah well if i was to give anybody including yourself uh any piece of advice on how to achieve your objective there'd be one word i'd sum it up with and that would be focus just stay focused don't allow the distractions on the temptations of pleasures that come along pleasures don't give you any joy pleasures actually often lead you down a road to to failure whether it's eating or uh, gambling or too much sex or too much of anything you can end up becoming drawn away from what what it is you're actually trying to achieve so if you if you really want to become like you're doing if you want to make podcasts your thing then focus on that and stay focused and don't be distracted and, and you will achieve it and you don't have to be particularly uh clever either i didn't do at all well at school i left school with little education i i'm dyslexic so i have trouble troubles reading I was never going to fit into normal society anyway and um, just kept on doing what I was passionate about. And if you're not passionate about something, then you, you owe it to yourself to find your passion and strive hard to find it because you only got one stab at this life and it goes very quickly. And a life that's got no passion and is not really a life, you're just existing. Mm. So you know, make it your, your goal. And I, I think you're, you're probably doing that. You, you've traveled away from home, mate. And you're over here and you, you're close to where I live right now. You're in a beautiful place in the country and you're making stuff happen. And just stay focused on what it is you're trying to achieve and and it will come.
0: Gospel, that's gospel, thank you. Yeah, and for those of you who are listening, Clay and I are actually neighbors, (laughs) sort of. Yeah, Yeah. not far at all. Not far at all, yeah, it's just, it's it's one hill. Whoever actually actually named the Takaka Hill, a hill should actually be reoriented to what that word actually means. I don't think it's a hill. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it's a hill.
1: It's a hill if you if you come from field, and I think mean, it's a hill. But yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. suppose I mean, it, it's not it's not alpine country. People do live on the top of it, so you wouldn't class it as alpine mountain. But it's um yeah, it's quite quite steep. Yeah, yeah try going yeah. down on a bike bike. Sometimes they have a run, um, which I did one year. Um, or a walk. At least you can run it or walk it. Um, fifteen k on that, and it, it's quite steep to do. That's a uh, a thing which is um, worth a go while you're here, mate. You'll test your test your fitness while you're here.
0: Yeah, I've been doing a lot of that lately. Um, I think just being away from, you know, the, cre- the the common creature creature comforts that cities usually have. Um, yeah, I think it comes with the territory. So I've been doing lots of walks and runs, obviously, when I can, when I'm not, you know, on uh, at work or asleep. Yeah, perfect. Um, I, awesome. I just I just wanted to um, to I wanted to get into the um the channel a little bit here. So your channel basically focuses on. Uh, it's a niche that's always been out there, I guess, but it's gained popularity, especially after the three years uh, that that you know that happened when COVID hit, and people were forced indoors, um, and, and people actually started thinking like this must be the end of it, to be honest. And you know, that the, the just people revisiting those skills that we've lost so far because of you know what we've made the world to be. Um, so you do challenges, like you do survival challenges. Uh, what's the longest survival challenge that you've made? That's on the channel. Um, oh, the longest, yeah. the
1: longest on the channel is is, uh, is only seven days. Uh, the longest I've done off the channel has been four weeks, uh, but I did that one when I was very, very young. Um, but seven days, and it, it's it's actually quite hard because you get lonely. People don't think about this, but if you take your phone, you can communicate with people, but you really miss the touch and seeing people. I mean, it, you wouldn't think you get lonely, but you actually start to miss people. Well, I do at least anyway. And I always like being in my own in the bush, but for some reason, those challenges, I start to miss uh, the people I love. I start to miss talking to them up close and shaking their hand. And mm. it's a, it's a funny thing. I think it's not natural to go away for long periods of time. Some people are, some are hermits, but, uh, I'm not saying I love being around people all the time because I love to hunt alone and I love to fish alone, but I do miss people. And the other thing I miss is I miss my bed. It, it gets hard sleeping in those places, and there's just the, just the normal things like wiping your bum with a piece of toilet paper instead of leaves or, or, <laughs> or fresh fresh water or being able to have a fire or a, something like this fire I've got I've made with matches. If you make a primitive fire, no matter whichever way you make it, it's always going to be difficult. It's always going to take a lot of energy. And some of the techniques I've used, people will say, oh, you you spent too much energy. Like the pump drill is a classic one. The fire pump drill, which um basically either revolves with a, with a weight on your spindle or... A some form of centrifugal uh, force a spindle, and then you've got to make your cordage for your sh- for your uh, each end to sp- to spin it. The pump drill is always going to be your easiest way to make fire once you've made the pump drill. It's basically if you're going to do a long term, and anybody out there that's thinking of ever doing a long term survival uh, course, if you can't keep your fire going, if you can't find a bit of horse hoof fungus. Well, you can't keep the embers going, then a pump drill is gonna be the easiest way because it takes the, the least amount of energy to actually make the fire.
0: Yeah, you know what? I think that's the video that I've found your channel, was the seven days alone primitive survival challenge. And I just, I remember watching it for the first time. The special thing about your channel is some people do one or two things. They either do a channel that's about primitive tools, stonecraft, or survival challenges where they go out there with maybe a basic uh, you know some 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 basic essentials like a knife to start off with your channel though or that video in particular was so different cuz you tried to do both in a video where you crafted everything out of nothing and survived for that long and what what really tripped me out was when you were making that basket that looked that, that was a net basically a trap from just flax and wood that was around and how intricately you made it, how long did it actually take you to make that basket?
1: Oh, mate, that's it. That was actually my six day one, not the seven day one. That was the other, that was the other one I did that. Uh, let me think. Was it the six day? Yeah, it was. That one there, that net, I was working day and night for two days. <laughs> I was sitting up at night till midnight and I, in the dark, like with my by the fire and, I was getting up early in the morning to carry on with it. So it, it looks like it's made quite fast. That particular challenge, though, we had we had a storm come through, and I actually say in the video I've got to bail because I was camped under where there was trees and stuff, and I just thought I won't put emergency services at risk. So after, I think, day four, I, I bailed. I left um, everything there, and I came back 10 days later to complete it. And I actually hmm. say that in the in the... And the challenge so so that wasn't actually in a way it wasn't a true six day that that was uh, not a true six day survival because I went home and I ate for like ten days and washed and then I carried on and completed the next three days so my six day challenge got interrupted because you've got to be sensible if you're doing these you don't want to put emergency services at risk I don't ever I don't ever put anybody at sort of um, my peril just to make a, a YouTube video but the seven day one the first one you saw uh that one there that one I. Didn't make a net in that one. I think. I think I made a raft. I went to sea. I caught fish. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I... yeah I've, I've just, I just have it here, in front of me. Pretty amazing. It's it's and and yeah. And the the, the fire drill that you made as well out of nothing. I was like, there's no way he's he's gonna be able to put a hole through that rock.
1: <laughs> yeah, well it's uh that's a sandstone, you see, so it's actually very, very malleable. Well not malleable, but very uh easy to cut through.
0: Yeah. You've yeah, got uh, still, it's basically
1: it's, yeah, it, will actually, it will actually <laughs> it will actually it will actually dissolve it will actually dissolve in water over a long period of time. Mm. You can use them you can use it for a sinker for fishing, but you're only gonna get about sort of uh ten to sort of fifteen days of fishing with it and then eventually it's gonna break down because I used to use them when I was a child. I'd make the sinkers out of those. So Mm. I knew straight straight away when I was on the beach, when I was picking up, I knew, here we go. Originally, I actually was going to make the centrifugal force with two pieces of wood on either side of the spindle and a rock uh, fixed to either side on the outside. That was the original plan I had. But when I saw that piece of stone, I knew this is going to be faster and easier. And it worked a treat. It was really, really good.
0: Mm, Yeah, pretty amazing stuff. I I was, do do you have, so so, anyways, um, yeah, after you know telling us your background a little bit there because i thought definitely this guy i don't know he must have been in the special forces at one point in his life you know to learn all these things
1: yeah no no the only thing i ever did was i was in uh, sea cadets it was the only military i did when i was a little kid it's not even it's just for pre-learning to and that's where i learned all my knots um and i learned a little bit of uh, military stuff i did I did martial arts for a while, uh, but I never did anything more military than that. And to be honest, a lot of these things that you're seeing on the channel are things that I've also created myself. Uh, there's many things like the latest one I've just done. I'm making a bowl using the skin of a stingray. I
0: Haven't saw that. That,
1: that yep. was amazing. Yeah.
0: The way you weight yep. it with a rock just to, to, to create that, that, you know, that shape, the, the basic shape.
1: Yeah, I've I've actually made that before um, without filming it, and I've done it with a much um, larger one, a much mm. larger eagle ray and had a much one. And there's, a, there's other things that I've also made that you won't see. You don't, I don't know anybody that's actually made rafts uh, using the clatty from the flax stalk the way I've done, and gone to sea. I've gone to sea twice in those, <laughs> and and I actually nearly drowned on the on the uh, second to last one. Um, Without, I didn't show that in the video, but I I suffer paroxysmal atrial fibrillation, and I went into atrial fibrillation, and I fell off the oh. boat, and I felt I I fell through, I fell through the trapeze on the boat, actually fell through it, and I went into atrial fibrillation, I couldn't get back up, and the trapeze was I was underneath it, and I, I nearly drowned, and that's if, if you watch that video, it finishes quite abruptly, and I say at the end of it, it was been a most amazing day, because I nearly <laughs> lost my life, and that's probably as close as I've come to doing one of those oh. where I nearly nearly clocked out so i didn't i didn't make it into a drama or show up because my my uh, videos are not about drama and but they're just about stuff that people can learn that's valuable that they can take away and it it might help save their life in a situation because there are some some skills there that definitely can uh, help save your life there's a lot of misunderstanding about uh, survival videos and that and that's because there's a lot of youtubers that aren't survivalists that they make videos about them to make videos Mm -hmm. but they do not actually they don't know what they're talking about and one of the most uh, best things you could take if you were in a survival situation is not what you think it is. Most people will say, "Oh, well, it'd be a knife, or it'd be fire, or it'd be cordage, or it'd be a sleeping bag, or it'd be a tent." But in reality, the best thing you could take away in a true survival situation, other than something to contact um, civilization, would be a tin pot, hmm. like a billy. because a a, a billy. Because you can't make one. Well, you can. You can make one out of clay, but you have got to make a fire first. But a tin pot can purify your water that you that you get. And having having water that's unless you've got a cast iron gut like I have, because I've grown up drinking water in the bush my whole life. But if you some from overseas, it comes here. You want to, and that's not to say that I'm I, I can I can always get away with it either. But if you've got if you've got something to heat your your water, and if you've got something to cook your food in. It makes life so much easier. That that would be my first item I would take away every time, because without good water you're going to die.
0: Mm.
1: You can't you can't go very long without water. You can only go like three days, and then you do, and then you, you're going to get very sick. True, uh, you yeah. can't go very long without sleep either. So you can go you can go a long time without food, uh, but um, you, you just cannot go long long at all without uh, water and and rest. Food should be the last thing you look for. But a lot of these survival challenges the first thing they're doing is they're getting food when actually water should be your first go-to then shelter and then well ideally if you're in a true survival situation you, you're trying to uh contact somebody You're trying to like put a signal out there you know so but mm-hmm. then 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 the, then the food comes
0: mm, that's interesting actually so especially uh when, when you also mentioned sleep because not a lot of people actually put that into uh, take that into consideration how important it is though so, yeah it is pretty important as well
1: yeah sleep you cannot go long without sleep a lot of these adventure races amaze me these guys that do this adventure racing huh. so I, I, fo- I follow a few of them how sleep deprived they become and how they function and I, I think it must be really really difficult because i i struggle with the little amount of sleep i get I of these challenges because you never sleep well and them. you never do you're lucky if you get two hours of actual sleep in a night and you, you become tired and tired soldiers make mistakes Mm. And you've got to be so careful. Just the simplest thing like burning yourself at a campsite when you're cooking your, your food, or or cutting yourself on a rock or something when you're cutting something up. When you're tired, you don't you don't function as well. So you've got to really be keep your mind sharp. Sleep is uh, in our day to day living. Sleep is also important for us. And one of the things that people often do is they they eat too much in the evening and they don't sleep well it's really good to fast before you sleep ideally you, you wouldn't you wouldn't eat for like eight to ten hours before you sleep each night because your body's it's still like trying to digest your meal and you never get the quality sleep that you're going to get if you if you're in a fasted state before you go to bed and uh so i don't worry too much about food on on these missions i, I normally do harvest something or catch something or spare something or or forage, but it's not my most important uh, objective. The most important objective is to stay dry, to stay warm, and to rest as much as I can and to use my energy in a way that's going to be really, really to the absolute advantage. So I would never make a pump drill if I was doing a, a challenge that was going to be like two or three days. It's just a, it's a waste of time because it takes, you, it takes you over half a day to make a pump drill, mm. and it's a lot of energy. You're by far better to, uh, to, to make, say, friction fire just a hand drill, which takes you no time to make it. It's going to take you more energy every time you make a fire and then keep that fire going. But you've got to kind of think about – Uh, In a real true life situation, it's different. What I'm doing, I've I've got a phone on me if things go wrong. I'm not in a real true life. I'm in a situation where if I really things go bad, as when the storm came through, I can bail. These are only exercises to showcase what you could do if you found yourself in a situation like that.
0: Mm. Yeah. Uh, There's another video from your channel um, that comes to mind is when you made that raft with with the, the buoy. The black one? Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. that that video was both distressing and relaxing at the same time. Let me let you know. That. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. I was like, no way, no way. you're oh, <laughs> gonna yeah. be able to. First, I was like, I, I was I actually saw one of those in person just a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a boy, yeah, a muscle prepare, boy, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. But preparing for this podcast, I'm like, man, he actually he actually did that. He cut that thing in half. First, you were able to manifest a straw. Uh, I mean, a, a saw. Um, after meeting those nice people on the shore.
1: Oh, yeah, that was lucky.
0: Yeah, yeah. So lucky, yeah. And um, and obviously that was not scripted at all because it it definitely oh, no, didn't no. look like it. Yeah.
1: No, nothing, nothing is ever scripted. That's the, the, these are, and you know, people know if they are, you, yeah. you can't do that. You can't make that stuff up. And that, that, uh, I didn't know that muscle boy was going to wash up. I didn't know it was going to have a hole in it. Uh, these, th- that particular challenge wasn't a primitive challenge. It was just a challenge. It was a three day one yeah. and it was just, for, just to see what we could do. Uh, at the very first day, I think I found a piece of really good sharp Argylite. So I already had, I already had a, a piece of uh, a knife, cut and i think i spent two days before i actually found a found a hook on the beach like normally Mm. that amount of time i would find one straight away because i know the places you look you go to where low tide where people are going to get their lines snagged up and i spent like two days walking and walking and walking the one time i needed i didn't find it till the last day and or day two or the end of day two i think and i went out and yeah i made a um a side rigger from that boy and put a piece of driftwood on it and I tied it up I think with some some plastic I'd found on the beach and I went to sea, and I caught two snapper which was yeah amazing and in fact I, I met a family when I came back that were camping not far from me and I actually gave them one of the snapper and I cooked the other one up Well, I might have eaten it raw actually I think I ate it raw as sashimi I don't think I had fire in that one I think um it was summertime, and I just sashimi it from memory,
0: mm. with
1: other 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 uh, foods I'd foraged. It was actually a summer, a summer camp for me. and It was a lot of fun that one year. It was a lot of fun.
0: I mean, it's amazing. It's 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 already sort of like an achievement if you catch fish, you know, with all the equipment required. Now you put on. T- now if you make your own boat from something that's not supposed to be made as a boat, and then catch fish, catch two fish, and share the one fish to some friendly passerbys. It's just amazing. I was like, wow. That's a
1: great day, man. That is a great day. I mean, awesome, you man. think of, you think what it costs to buy a boat and to, to buy a motor and to buy all the tackle and that and to go out and try to catch snapper with all the gear. And if you can do that with nothing... That make that makes a great feeling to be able to give something back to people too. Like I, I'm, that family, giving them, I gave them the bigger fish because there was more of them, and I ate the other fish, and I felt so, I felt so good. We all get happiness from giving. That's the whole key. Uh, that's the that's the whole trick. People are always trying to think it needs need this, and if I buy that, and if I have this, I'll be happy. But the truth is, with nothing, you can actually make yourself really, really content, and make other people happy with just your creativity and that's what that's what that's about it's about going out with nothing and that's what these videos about showing you can actually with nothing at all you can go out there and have a fantastic time sure you're going to be uncomfortable but nobody ever sat back looking at a time they're uncomfortable when they did something like went, "Oh, geez i wish i hadn't done that because i was really uncomfortable you look back and go wow that was an amazing adventure that was so cool I, I've done a lot of those adventures in my life. I remember going down the Waimakariri River uh, with another boy when I was like twelve years old, and we spent four four weeks on it. And we ended up, uh, a storm came through, and my my mother was on the radio, and and because the, they were interviewing her, and they said, "Oh, your your son's been away like for." Th- we were listening to a transistor radio. We we're stuck on this little island. We got washed up in the middle of Waimakariri River, and like, I can remember hearing my mother say. Oh no, he'll be okay. He knows how to handle himself. And the announcer was saying, "Yes, but aren't you concerned? there's a, there's a blizzard out there and people have drowned and the army is looking for people?" And my mother was saying, "No, no, he's okay. He's he knows what he's doing." And I remember hearing my mum on the radio think, "Oh, it's my mother." And that was that was how it was for me growing up. Those things were normal things to do. They weren't. <laughs> I, I didn't get mo- I didn't get molly coddled. There was you could do every, anything you wanted when I was a child. I was lucky. Some people thought that my parents were neglectful. And maybe they were, but to me, it was just licensed to have an adventure. And you don't look back on those times going, oh, I, I was so uncomfortable. I wish I hadn't done that. You look back on those times and you can tell by my voice, Josh, I'm excited to even reflect on those times because they were amazing. They were just yeah,
0: incredible. Absolutely. I, I know what you mean. It's like I heard um, I heard this, I think I read about, I, I read it or I heard it somewhere where like you don't actually remember your that, that time when you went to... Um, To an amusement park and how awesome the roller coasters were you don't actually talk about those much as compared to those times in life when you were just fucking miserable. And you lived (laughs) lived to tell the tale and when you tell the tale you relive it as you're telling it and then it's just like it's different and people spend like a shit ton of money going to these places of you know of of entertainment air quotes. When yeah Mm -hmm. in in fact it's all out there for everybody to take you just got to know. Where to go, and it's always about the people you're with when you're doing it. And it doesn't take much.
1: No. Takes all. a bit of takes a bit of creativity, a bit of imagination, but life's an adventure or it's nothing at all. I I, I think there's been periods in my life that have been really difficult when well, I've struggled with health. Uh, particularly I had a battle with cancer, and that was a really difficult time for me. Nearly, nearly lost that battle. And I fasted for three years, one meal a day. And I had a recent battle um just almost two years ago. I was diagnosed with end-stage heart disease and I was really sick as in hospital and I thought I wasn't going to see the light of day and I completely turned that one. That was, that was the survival in itself. And I went, and a lot of people would be like, won't, won't believe this, but I actually made a decision then after following a doctor called Dr. Carble B. Esselstein and all of his uh, peer-reviewed papers and science papers he'd done on, on heart disease. And I made the uh, executive decision I was going to go completely plant-based and until I had arrested disease and started to, re- to reverse it. And so I've been living solely off the vegetables in my garden. And the only time I now eat any uh, meat or fish is when I'm doing these challenges. So I still do. But that's the only time every other moment of the day, which is 99% of the time, I'm plant-based. And I'm not a I'm not a vegan. I'm what I class as a nutritarian a nutritarian is somebody who only puts in their mouth stuff that's of high nutritional value. So my breakfast in the morning is chia seeds, flax seeds, oat, four different types of berries, uh, pumpkin seeds, and I'll have a lot of uh, a couple of walnuts. Not too many walnuts because of the the fat content. So there's my mm. there's my omega three and all my uh, EPA and DHA. Then for lunch I'll have a G bomb, which is greens out of my garden. it would be bok choy, kale, silver beet. Uh, a whole lot of greens and i have onions and, and garlic and mushrooms and seeds and berries and a, lo- a lot of protein from uh, beans and then for my meal at night it'll be something light which is just a lot of the stomach might be some kumara, sweet potato wedges and everything i eat is 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 really to uh to, to bring and that has brought wellness about i mean that that's a story in itself josh i've uh Completely, my my LDL, my low lipid protein's gone from five point eight to one point six. Now you can't even you can't even do that with statins. My overall cholesterol was eight, and now my overall cholesterol is three point four, mm-hmm. and my triglycerides are down. Everything is all the numbers are suggesting that the non calcified plaque that was uh, killing me is now receded back. And those the endothelium was now producing that nitric oxide again, creating that vasal dilation, and my my blood is running again. And the fact that I could run from my home in Mapur and back, which is six k there, six k back, twelve k, mm. you can't do that with uh, end stage heart disease. So just fifteen months ago, I had another battle. In fact, that was when I'd done the 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 first um, primitive the first primitive challenge you saw, the one where I went for seven days. I ended up in hospital straight after that. And I was in there twice. And the funny thing is, they sent me home saying, you've got none of the big ticket items, uh, you, you're okay. And I actually wasn't until I actually paid $3,000 myself and went and got a CT scan, I f- found out just how sick I was and required surgery, which I never got. And I was, then my cardiologist said, well, you're going to have to take all these medications, five different medications. Uh, this, I was supposed to get a stent, I was supposed to be on beta blockers, calcium blockers, supposed to have... Uh, a statin an aggressive statin supposed to be on blood thinners none Mm. of those things and that's all been done with a plant-based diet so i've sort of like um i've i've really i really balance out carefully when i do these primitive challenges because i know there is a certain amount of damage that goes on to the endothelial when i eat animal protein particularly the protein the fat's not so bad but it's the protein that does the destruction to the endothelial so that that's another challenge in itself and people watch these primitive challenges but to be honest the real challenge for me is not what I'm doing, what they're saying. The real challenge is is maintaining my health and my heart because I I do have a, um, I, I am underweight because of what cancer and heart disease has done to me. I'm I used to be 75 kilogram now I'm only 58, so I've lost a lot of body weight. So that's the struggle for me, which is my own that's my own uh, sort of sort of personal challenge, which I I like going I'm going to fucking beat this. You're not going to rob this from me. So I'm still, still here. And everybody around, including you, Everybody's got challenges going on of some sort or another that nobody can see, and that's why we've always got to be kind to each other because you don't know people often, you might think they're dumb, but they're not dumb. They're just hurt. Something's something's uh, tripping them up, and it's good to be mindful when you when you see somebody else doing something because what you see is not necessarily what's really going on. Often, they're carrying a lot more pain or a lot more struggle than you can even be aware of. And everybody's like that. Everybody's got something, a mountain to climb. Uh, Some have huge mountains and other people, it's just—it's quite easy, but there's always something that someone's struggling against as they go forward. And that's what at the beginning of this podcast I said, for you to achieve your objective, the one word I would say to you is, is focus. No matter how much struggle you have and how many things are a challenge and how much pain you've got to endure, always stay focused. And then you will achieve your objective, and the sun will come out and shine again. You'll be sweet as bro. <laughs>
0: it's so beautiful. It's so um, your, I you mean your um, your passion and your love for life is just so palpable. Even just hearing your voice <clears throat> through this recording. Um, what do you think is? uh i i just uh, i lost my train train of thought there but
1: um that's okay- that's okay but hey thanks for that comment too that's that's a that's a really uh warm heartfelt comment that came from your uh, bro and i that's really nice to say that because it, it's um nice to we all like to be validated no matter how successful we are it's still mm. nice to hear it thanks I think you're going to be a fantastic podcaster by the way because you don't interrupt you've got a great uh voice on audio which is really important it's it's not um it's not something everybody's got as a good audio voice. And I think uh, someone like, like yourself that has, has this inquisitive mind that questions everything and asks the hard, ans- the hard questions to get the answers is always going to be great at at doing podcasts. So if this is something that's passionate to you making these podcasts. I really think you will succeed on, on a, on a big, big level because you've got that ingredient. But again, you will have to stay focused because there's going to be distractions.
0: Mm, man, you you're making me feel sore, all sorts of feelings right now, Clay. Thank you so much for those kind words. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh there, there's there's uh, I, I think I remember now. Just when you mentioned, you know, about well being. Um, in in total, there's a per, there's a man. Uh, who lived in the past. I I don't know if you've heard of Chris McCandless. He is uh well he he lived, I think in the seventies. Um, and basically there was a movie actually that was made, um, from his life. Um, it's called into the wild, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Ah, yes, 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 yes. And yes. I, yeah. yeah. There's also, it's also yeah. a book too, isn't there?
0: Yep. Yep. That's the one. Yeah. And at the end of, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert for those of you um no, walk, it's terrible, it's terrible
1: it. at the end it's a bloody sad ending, yeah yeah no, go go ahead, mate,
0: yeah, but from he he basically distills everything that he's gone through from his life uh, yes. in the beginning at the, and he at says, the end. yep,
1: yeah, sorry, I'm interrupting no uh, worries. And, and, yeah, and he says without doing it with somebody else. It's nothing. Hey, eh? is, yeah. yeah. exactly. is that what we're gonna say? Exactly. Yeah, is that what you are gonna
0: say? Exactly. That's the one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's meant to be shared at the end. So it's yeah, that's be- that validation yeah. that you're talking about. Perfect.
1: Oh man. man, that that just gave me the biggest shiver down my spine when you said that. And that's the reason I love making these these videos because I'm sharing them. If I was doing them alone, it wouldn't be the same. I've done them alone, but when you're sharing them with somebody like the and you and you get that feedback, you, you actually the camera means you you've got the camera and that's going to be the people you're talking to and the people like you and I connected right now, right? We are connected through that. And you know, when you're doing this, you're not completely alone, but he was alone. And he made a, he made a critical mistake with a plant. He ate something, he ate the wrong plant and he actually died where he was. And, and, And that was his observation. And it's such a, true observation eventually they came and took that bus away that he was living and it was actually not that far from civilization mm-hmm. well was it was reasonably close um yeah no absolutely we we need people and this is what i said to you before when i do these adventures i often get quite lonely from doing mm-hmm. the longer ones i start to miss people and one of the things that gives me uh, comfort is i'm making a video we're gonna we're all gonna see this together, and we're gonna talk about it afterwards and and people are gonna go away with skills that I've passed on, so it's actually not such a lonely thing if you're making a video and that's that's a beautiful thing, and also the other part of me goes. I won't have to do a shitty job working. I'll get some money for this as well. And this will pay for the next mission. So I won't have to go and do a job I don't like, like go and play it because I'm a musician, go and play a wedding or something I don't really want to do. I can keep doing what I love. Hmm. This will sustain it. So you have that as well. And this is something which, oh, sorry, bro. I I just, I I jumped straight in while you were talking and I cut you off, but you just triggered something when you said I'm, you know, I'll let you you carry on with that. You were going to, were you going to say more than that? No, 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 no,
0: Go, go on, go on, go ahead. Yeah, keep going.
1: Yeah, no, I I did because you just reminded me of uh, something really, really important, and that is that we we need to we're human. We need to share what we're doing with people, and we need to connect. Uh, everybody wants to feel loved. Everybody wants to have some love. Everybody wants to be validated for what they feel, and it's the worst thing in the world to be to be ostracised and be cast out of your of your group or your people you love or. And this comes from a, a very, very primitive thing about us. You see, when we grew up back in the day, when we were either living in caves or in the Sahara Desert, wherever we were, before we had fire, when the nights fell, if you weren't cuddled up to your fellow man and fellow sister, if you weren't all cuddled up and sharing body temperature during the winter, particularly those in places like Europe, northern Europe, then that would spell death because body body heat was how we, we kept alive. And the children would be on the inside and the, the the more robust people would be on the outside. And you would all share that heat and you'd cuddle up in the night and you'd get through. And you, you'd switch around during the night. There's, 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 actual, there's actually proof of this because the, of, of how people ha- have lived in the past. Mm. And if you got cast out, if you did something wrong that was shameful or bad, you got cast out and you weren't allowed to share the body heat. And that often spelled death. So today we don't have that today. Today, if you do something in society that's shameful, you do something wrong or something that's that you feel guilty about, or you don't feel. What's going on subconsciously is there's a part of your mind that says I'm going to die, mm. I'm going to get cast out. The same thing. The same thing is today, and that's that's why people have problems with shame and that because it actually would. That's where it's born from is originally. In our DNA, it meant being cast out and you're going to die. Today, we also have the opposite of that too, where you're encompassed by people. You're bringing your community around you. And this is what brings wellness. And this is what makes people really shine is when you've got community. And anybody who's who's ever mentally sick, you see often people pull away from it and they themselves become alone. and And they end up, nobody wants to socialize and they end up becoming depressed. And often they end up taking their life or becoming very mentally sick. So we need to have community around us we need to have love we need to have people we need to have own social structure we need to have we need to have that support to get through and no man is a mountain we all all rely on each other and that's why it's so important for us to be to be really you know to do good honorable things towards the people in our community because without them we don't exist and this is this this goes for you as well as a podcaster. You're in a community now. You've got people listening to your words, what you're saying. You've got to make sure that you're giving something without an expecting of anything back, because that's the way that this whole machine works of life. You've got to you've got to add quality everywhere you go. And by doing that, you you end up being happy in yourself. And this is not about dollars and cents. This is not about becoming, this is not about becoming successful in your business it's about mm-hmm. become it's about becoming successful within your soul within who you really are your identity if you're a horrible person naturally and you do horrible things you're going to have a horrible life sorry if you're a person who's got empathy and you care a lot you're going to identify as that person and th- this this the whole thing with the going back to the primitive survival is about that too it it there's a whole there's a holistic uh purpose around it is We've, we've got to pass on what we've got before we die. We're all going to die. We've got to share what we've got and pass it on to the next generation before we leave. We've got to give it freely without expectation of anything coming back. And that's also what the videos that I make are about. I'm giving away a lot of free information. I'm not asking for anything for it. You can access it there. You, you're going to learn all sorts of tips that you never knew even existed. Some, some of the things that I'll show you, you, probably, you may not have ever seen before, but it's free. And that's the way it should be. And every person who's older should 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 be doing this in their community with the things they do. Whether it's kicking a football round, teaching a, a young man or young woman how to tie knots, showing uh, a young fellow how to hunt, or or teaching a, a young girl how to how to weave, or teaching uh, a child something which is something that you don't learn at school, something that you know that you can pass on. And and everybody's got something that they can pass on. There'll be skills that you've got. Josh, that nobody else has got that you've learned along the way. It's important that we freely give those. That's part of our the, the importance of us human beings is, is, is freely giving. Sadly today, everybody gets tied up in how can I monetize this? How can I make a dollar out of this? And there's nothing wrong with that, but it also often it, it, it destroys the whole energy flow thing. And we, we get caught up into this. And uh, this is why I don't... People ask, you know, do you do these courses, survival courses? No, mate. Come around and see me. I'll I'll do it with you anyway. Uh, I'll give it to you because I, I wouldn't enjoy someone paying for me because it, it it would take away the whole energy of it. It, it wouldn't flow right.
0: Mm. If that
1: makes any sort of sense
0: to you, it does. It does. I think um you have a you have a fairly good grasp of how things are supposed to be. Unfortunately, it's not how things are. I think it's just uh, partly. I think it's because of how we've made the world. What It is what it is at the moment, and in, in this, yeah, look, look, they, of time. They, uh, yeah. they are, they are, and they
1: aren't, Josh. You in New Zealand, we've got mums and dads every weekend giving up their time coaching netball, coaching football, coaching mm-hmm. rugby, coaching tennis, uh, coaching motocross, coaching running. We, we've got mums and dads and, and people that give up hundreds of hours and never even that, the other silent heroes. Uh, people that give up a lot of their time teaching young people—it is there. It's just I'm in an, another area, and what I'm doing is no different to the bloke that gives up his weekend to, to do the little, little league or, so so we, we do have it, but we also have a lot of people trying to also monetize stuff, and, and oddly a lot of the people that try to really monetize stuff quite often aren't the ones that really have the skills. I've mm. noticed. I, I lo- watch a lot of um, uh, people uh, around around me often um, that. Uh, and I'm not a big YouTube watch myself. But I, I see a lot of uh, survival videos pop up in my feed when I'm downloading mine. I'll flick on, have a, a look. And often I straight away can see the fakeness. I can see what's up because I know what's behind the thing. You, you can't fake it and you can straight away go, well, that was not real. And I realise that it's just a concept and I, and I don't blame somebody for being creative. It's great, but you can see pretty quick when what they're doing is not legit People aren't stupid either. People can Mm. can see that. And and the thing with uh, doing what you're doing as as a as a uh, podcaster, I think podcasts are really cool uh, because people, as as we talked about when we first started, people like to get on with their life and do shit. And you can have a podcast rolling, and and it's a great man because you you can carry on sharpening that knife. Or or tying those knots or fixing that net and somebody's talking in the background my daughter's a whitewater kayak and she says dad all i do is listen to podcasts all day when i'm cleaning and doing my work and then when i'm on the water it's off so she's gained a lot so this new age we're in something i didn't grow up with but the information highway is massive and i mean people like you become another medium to that and uh, it's going to be it's going to be great man for you is going forward in the future i think you're going to You're going to smash it, and uh, if you keep on finding interesting topics of stuff that's new and innovated and other people aren't doing it, original content, that's what people really want to hear. They don't want to hear the same old, same old being replicated. Mm. They don't want to – I find it very hard to try and make uh, fire when I do a primitive challenge to try to think of something that no one else has done before because making a bow drill or a hand drill, it's been done before. I'm always trying to think outside of the square and, and think of something different. It's hard because everything's been done. But yeah, people want to—they want original contact. They don't want copycat. They want something which is new. And that's that's the thing to aim for too. And it same applies to your podcast as well. You want to be doing podcasts that aren't trying to sound like um, Joe Rogan or someone else that's a great podcast. They do it in your own style, your own thing. And uh, I think uh, being inquisitive naturally is going to be a, a big plus for you doing going ahead in the say.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, The thing about podcasts as well is that, that that sold me Um, You know, way when I started it a few years ago, was I thought I found it as a sort of a a way to push back um, against the content that is out there. I'm not shitting on it. Um, Obviously, some people have been very successful and are a lot of passionate individuals who are doing, you know, the more big box, glitzy type videos. Or most importantly, is the short form type of entertainment that's out there. yeah i think it's podcasting is so unique because there's some topics out there and this has been said time and time again where it's just not enough time to get all that information out of the individual like you just can't work with a 30 second soundbite and expect someone to explain something as you know as complex as let's say you know as 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 being off-grid for example living people who live off-grid um and things because it's such a, a complex topic And you definitely need more than 30 seconds to get all of that, you know, all of that emotion, all that information out. And that's that's where podcasting comes in. It's a long form type of content creation that people, like you said, are just consciously and some people subconsciously are starving for in the world, in a world where, you know, reels and 10, 20 second TikToks are basically the, the norm.
1: Yeah, it's the uh, old dopamine feed, isn't it? See all the highlights of different people's lives one after another, which is so unreal, and it's actually damaging to the to the brain because mm-hmm. it gives us unreal uh, image of what you're going to achieve in your world, and makes it impossible. And True. the other thing it does, it destroys story. People, young people today, don't know how to follow a storyline. They they switch off after after a few seconds. Mm-hmm. They can't they can't follow the dynamics of something. If you take this podcast we've done today, we've gone all these different places. You certainly can't do that in 30 seconds. And it's not just information. It's also uh, sharing emotions and how things, feelings, how this made me feel and what this was to me and what the struggle was and how I overcame it. All of those things that come together in a podcast, they're a journey that you've got to go on and you've got to have patience to to get there. And you're not going to get your instant uh, dopamine hit. Uh, if you're someone uh, old like me, older that's that's grown up reading stories and books and things, you you mm. know to sit and listen. But a lot of a lot of young people just can't. They want instant gratification all the time because their brains have become dopamine. Uh, I was going to say uh, unsensitive is the word, or yeah, desensitized. They've mm. yeah. Yeah,
0: the thing so about yeah, the thing about just to add to that point about dopamine is people nowadays should realize or should start to relearn. That dopamine is something that's supposed to be, seeked, Like you have to seek dopamine, and that only mm. happens when you do something difficult in the beginning, and that's where the hit comes in. As opposed to just you know, getting it where you can. It's it's just Abs- like absolutely. It's yeah, just absolutely. like exercise. It's I think it's uh, there's a term for it. It's called hormesis. Basically, it's um. The, for example, a case in point is exercise. The act of exercise in itself is very stressful for the body. Mm. It doesn't. It doesn't want to do it because it's you know your heart rates to the roof, your blood pressure's mm. to the roof, you're you're hot, you're cold, it's painful. But it's the after effects when your body's repairing itself. It's it's past the survival uh, threshold, and you're just coming back to homeostasis, which is basically just that equal level uh uh state of well-being that's where mm. the benefit comes from that's where 100%. it comes from but you have to seek it you have to do the hard thing first 100 for this yeah, to come yeah. in
1: yeah 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 I like following uh I follow David Goggins man he pushes the envelope oh, the like too beast. much that's
0: crazy yeah yeah, yeah well, he, he's,
1: well, he's, a, probably, he's more not a good example because he's done a lot of destruction to his body but hey yeah he's such a inspiration that guy and David Goggins you know that He must have some amazing highs because the pleasure or the joy always comes after the pain. And that guy, he's the pain master, man. He puts himself through incredible, incredible feats. I mean, he had the world record for pull-ups. It was recently, I think, broken by – the young guy Haynes, I think just broke it, but incredible amount of uh work to get there. We become in our society dopamine resistant. Just like people that eat too much sweet stuff become insulin resistant. People mm. that have that watch too much pornography, that smoke too much dope, that seek gratification all the time from short these short-term things, they become dopamine resistant and then there's no joy in their life and then they become depressed and they become unwell. The idea is to get your dopamine hit in a nice even flow all the time and work bloody hard to get it. Do your training, do your run. If you're feeling really, really crap, you go for a half-hour run, then have a cold shower and tell me if you're still feeling crap. If you're still feeling crap, then do it again because eventually you won't. Eventually your endorphins will kick in and that homeostasis you're talking about, well, you'll, you'll get that balance back. Mm. But people have become unmotivated and lazy because everything's on tap. It's just easier to pick up the phone and scroll and get instant watching somebody else do it. Don't be the audience. Become the actual, become, it, you know, do it yourself. And it's really, really sad because a lot of young people with huge potential are being destroyed by this. I see that in Russia, they actually, in some parts, they actually did away with pornography because young men were not having relationships with women. And, and having children because of pornography. And they, there was a place where I don't know where it was. They, they did away with completely took it off the net because young men were just having their sexual gratification through pornography rather than actually getting involved as you naturally should with a woman, meet her, take her out, date her, get to know her, then mm-hmm. have your natural sex where it goes on to become a relationship. And then you have children. This just wasn't happening. All these young men were growing up without, without you know, having relationships and having children and this is uh, another another form of again that becoming dopamine uh resistant because there's there's no there's no nothing to gain when you can get it straight off your phone or off the off the laptop
0: yeah yeah, yeah true yeah just uh just to backtrack a little bit there so apparently the person who holds the pull-up record most amount of pull-ups done in a 24-hour uh time frame is a is a young man from australia ah yep um he's his name is jackson italiano fun funnily enough <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yep.
0: so he 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 did 8008
1: pull-ups oh. in 24
0: hours which was oh hell. yeah
1: yeah, yeah he, that, that beat Haynes, that beat young Haynes. he when, when did he crack that josh when did uh, that happen mate
0: um it says here uh the, well this article was published in march of of this year so i'm thinking yeah more and there's some motherfucker ah, okay. out there who's already thinking about beating this for sure.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, man, you are going to suffer. You are going to suffer doing that, brother.
0: 8000. Yeah. yeah. I I still do. I still do the what Goggins does cuz I'm 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 pretty basic at the moment with my living situation. So, what yeah. I have a pull-up bar, a set of um of um push-up brackets and yeah. I think about I think I have about 60 kg's worth of free weights. I still do the nickels and dimes that he he always talks about so i do ten, really? yeah 10 push-ups and five pull-ups for an hour right yep for an hour if, if you can bang out at least a hundred um pull-ups in that time frame you're sweet for the next two are days you are stay. you doing that josh yeah that's all i can that's all i can do to wow. be honest yeah nah, that's great man that's awesome that's really good
1: yeah yeah you, you definitely yeah,
0: yeah. Wow. you know you, when you, um it's just it's. Yeah. It's such a basic movement as well. Yeah.
1: That's, that's hard. I've got a, I've got a tree that I do my pull-ups from. So it's a bit crooked. I hang from that. And well, that's um, even, yeah, yeah,
0: that's even better. Cause you get, so it's, if it's the thicker, the, the thicker, the bar, basically you're, you're, you're deactivating your forearm. So you're, Pulling all that. Uh, uh, true. Yes.
1: Well, that's what I, I hang from a tree and I do that. And I do it with my boots <laughs> on. So, um <laughs> but I struggle, mate. I do. Yeah, I've got so much, so much uh, damage to all the different things that happen. But I still do it. And Man. the press ups are important. Do those. Do those every day. And also the squats are really important too. Always. Yep. Being, I don't do it. Don't do a lot. But um, yeah, got to, got to keep the body going. As we, as we age, you've got to keep the muscle uh, mass up. Don't worry about fat. Muscle's what you need, bro. Hey, I've got to go and turn this pig over. I come up to the house because I'd. I, I think I dropped out during this podcast. Yeah. But i going to sit back down, bro, and, and, and deal to it. has been bloody awesome to talk to you, man. And I this wish is, you all the best, day. Eh?
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Sorry, sure, we had to cut this short, really, but really exciting. Hopefully, we could do a part two, maybe, at yeah, some yeah. point. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll, we'll organize one when I've got a little more time. I do have to take care of this this pig because it's, it's been cooking <laughs> for the day, and I'm going to turn it over. This is I just so awesome,
0: yeah. All right, you do what you have to do, Clay. We'll catch you on the next time.
1: Yeah, hey, good good luck for the future, man. Yeah, and hit me up, yeah. All
0: right, cheers. Bye.
1: Thanks. See you later, bro.